just ahead on Bob's World, the lawyers defending the former UPS store in Newport against charges they flouted Vermont's mask mandate use doubt over whether masks actually work as their argument. A house in Livermore Falls, Maine was the scene of a home invasion which later turned into a standoff that lasted nearly 24 hours. And a former NYPD will plead guilty to planning a murder-for-hire plot to kill her estranged husband. In the weather, it's a sunny Tuesday that's warmer than yesterday. Tomorrow, warmer still. Bob's World is next. The Government of Canada and public health experts are taking action to protect Canadians from COVID-19. Protect yourself and others, especially those with medical conditions and older adults. Wash your hands often. Avoid touching your face. Cough or sneeze into your arm and disinfect surfaces. You should also avoid crowded places. Avoid all non-essential travel outside of Canada. And if you're sick, stay home. To learn more, visit canada.ca slash coronavirus. A message from the Government of Canada. Remember the last time your family visited the forest? It's a place of wonder and imagination for the whole family, where stories come to life. And it's closer than you think. Ready to plan your next visit? Make the forest part of your story today at a local park near you. Or find one at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. This is Bob's World, Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. Good day, I'm Bob Welch, and here's what's happening at the noon hour. Debate over whether face masks help prevent the spread of COVID-19 dominated a court hearing in Vermont yesterday in the case against the former UPS store owner in the northeast corner of the state who flouted the state's mask mandate. Attorney Deborah Bucknam, who last year represented a Rutland gym owner who similarly bucked state quarantine orders, is defending Andre Mike Desatel, owner of the store in Newport, Orleans County. VT Digger reports yesterday's hearing centered on the state lawyer's request that the court order Desotel to stop violating the mandate because allowing the violations to continue would cause irreparable harm. Judge Mary Miles Teachout had previously granted that request on February 23rd, but Bucknam argued that the state hadn't established the likelihood of such harm. So Bucknam brought in Amy Stevenson, a microbiology instructor at Community College of Vermont, who received a doctorate in the subject 20 years ago to dispute the idea that masks effectively limit the spread of the virus. During stricter quarantine periods over the past year, Stevenson called for a full reopening of businesses and sending kids back to school under normal conditions to develop herd immunity. She told the court Monday that she doesn't think there is enough scientific basis for the efficacy of masks in communities. Stevenson said, quote, My opinion is that we don't have evidence that they're effective at preventing viral transmission, and there's many reasons to believe why they would be ineffective. Stevenson said she based her conclusion on about 45 studies she had reviewed on the subject. However, she admitted later she hadn't actually read all the studies, just their summaries, and repeatedly said she was unfamiliar with studies she claimed to have read. 
Stevenson also said she believes COVID death tolls released by the federal government are inaccurate because of the advanced age of many victims and their existing health conditions. Rachel Smith is a lawyer with the Vermont Attorney General's Office. She tried but failed to have Stevenson disqualified as an expert witness. She pointed out that Stevenson was being asked questions about epidemiology despite not being an epidemiologist. But Teachout decided to allow Stevenson to give expert testimony. Smith, the state lawyer, spent significant time trying to discredit Stevenson's testimony on COVID-19 and masks. The attorney's questions included a reference to a line in a May 2020 opinion piece in which Stevenson wrote that she feels, quote, the proverbial head should roll in response to, quote, an endless stream of dictatorial executive orders and addendums. Are you referring to officials in the Vermont state government, Smith asked, spurring a strong objection from Bucknam that Teachout sustained. Several of Stevenson's claims were rebutted by state epidemiologist Patsy Kelso, a witness for the state. Kelso had testified at a hearing Friday that without mask mandates, public risk of contracting COVID would increase, according to the Caledonian record. Each uh, court proceedings were set to continue this morning when each side will have time for further arguments. A standoff with police in Maine's Androscoggin River Valley ended early this morning. The situation in the town of Livermore Falls, 35 minutes northwest of Augusta, began as a home invasion and turned into a standoff with hostages. Police say they received a report at about 525 yesterday morning that an armed intruder broke into a home and barricaded himself inside. And just before 1.30 this morning, multiple first responders told station WMTW-TV that a hostage had recently exited the home and was reunited with family. By 3 a.m., police confirmed that all hostages were safe and only one was treated for minor injuries. It's believed a student of the local school district, RSU 73, and a district staff member were involved. In an email sent to families, RSU 73 Superintendent Scott Albert wrote in part, I'm sorry to say that I have not received any official word on the safety of our student and employee, but my thoughts and prayers are with them. Livermore Falls Police responded to the home and were assisted by the Maine State Police Tactical Team, Federal, County, and other local law enforcement agencies. Police said that out of an abundance of caution, several area homes and businesses were evacuated. RCMP officers have arrested a 24-year-old man and seized a cache of 249 prohibited handguns in a Quebec town near the U.S. border with New York State. Police announced today that they intercepted a suspicious vehicle in Dundee, Quebec, just across the border from Fort Covington, New York, and a half an hour east of Messina on Friday during a border surveillance operation. A search of the vehicle's interior and trailer led them to discover five hockey bags containing a large number of disassembled firearms parts. RCMP seized 249 disassembled prohibited Polymer 80 PF940C Glock-type handguns the driver of the vehicle, a Sherbrooke resident, William Rainville, was immediately arrested for allegedly importing firearms. The National Weapons Enforcement Support Team, NWEST, which assisted in the investigation, told CTV Montreal Channel 12 all the parts needed to make the weapons operational were present, according to NWEST, when, uh, even when disassembled. Each part is illegal and considered a firearm under the criminal code. Officers also seized 249 prohibited magazines with a capacity of 15 rounds each, 
as well as the suspect's vehicle, cell phone, and laptop. Rainville appeared in court by video conference on Saturday and again yesterday. He faces multiple charges, including importing restricted firearms, possession of prohibited weapons, possession of prohibited devices, and possession of firearms for the purpose of trafficking. Now to the weather. Slightly warmer today compared with yesterday and the weekend that was. The 11 a.m. readings uh, say uh, 39 in Ogdensburg, as well as right here in St. John's, where you're both sunny. Montreal is 37 and cloudy. Brewster in Putnam County, New York, and Manhattan, both sunny and 57. Chatham, Cape Cod, sunny, 46. Hartford, sunny, 59. Worcester and Boston, both sunny. Worcester, 54. Boston, 52. Bangor, Maine, cloudy and 37. And now the forecast for northeast Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and western Maine. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, low 17. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high around 50. Thursday, partly cloudy skies, high 37. Friday, partly cloudy skies with a chance of rain, high 48. This is Bob's World. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I got to tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... uh, Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. In the moments before he killed 22 people in the Nova Scotia mass shooting last spring, the gunman, who didn't have a firearms license, showed a powerful rifle to others and made up a fanciful story about its purpose, witnesses say. Newly released court documents quote a former work-related friend of Gabriel Wortman, telling police that near the end of December 2019 or early 2020, the killer opened the trunk of his car and showed him a big military gun. The work associate, who said he'd known the killer for two decades, told police the gunman brought the gun back from Maine and said that it had no firing pin and that it was for a movie and he was going to be making a movie. The gunman would go on to use illegally obtained guns with overcapacity magazines, including two semi-automatic rifles and two pistols, to commit his murders during a 13-hour rampage which spanned between April 18th and 19th of last year. CTV Atlantic reports past summaries of interviews that police carried out to search secure warrants have said that Guns were obtained by the killer in the United States under the 51-year-old denturist who was shot dead by police April 19, smuggled the weapons across the border. Lisa Banfield, the gunman's common-law spouse, is also quoted as telling police he would show guns to people. According to an April 28, 2020 statement, Banfield told police that Wortman showed her sister's boyfriend a gun at the warehouse, and he also showed her brother Jimmy the handgun. Banfield's statement includes her account of how, on the night of April 18, she and Wortman argued, and he went on to assault her before she managed to escape into the woods. 
She has told police that the killer also fired one of his guns around her. Banfield told police the killer confined her in a replica police vehicle with a divider between the front and back seats. She was able to slide the window of the divider open and crawl through and escape before Gabriel Wortman returned, says the summary of her statement. Wortman had a friend who had a firearms license, and Lisa believed that Gabriel would tell, a name redacted from the documentation, what kind of gun he wanted and that uh, that person would then get the gun. She's quoted as telling police in the edited statement about the killer's trips to Maine to acquire firearms. It goes on to say that Lisa Banfield said that Gabriel Wartman had told her how he would wrap firearms and place them in the tonneau cover in order to transport them back to Canada from the United States. A tonneau cover, by the way, goes over the unoccupied rear compartment of a vehicle. Spokesman for the RCMP declined comment on whether police have ever received a report from anyone about Wartman having illegal guns. The court documents also indicate that the gunman wasn't shy about showing others his replica RCMP police vehicle and lying about why he had it. A friend of one of the gunman's victims, Aaron Tuck, is quoted as telling police in a May 6, 2020 statement that he and Tuck saw an unmarked police car with a decal package laid out on a table nearby at a residence belonging to Wortman. The friend told police that Wortman said he was fixing up the car to use in parades. The work associate was also told by the gunman about his plans for a replica car. Also in that April 27 statement, said he was getting his car all done up like an RCMP car. The witness thought the car was for the movie too. During his rampage, the killer drove that replica RCMP vehicle as he carried out his killings and eluded police. The NYPD officer is set to plead guilty to planning a murder-for-hire plot to kill her estranged husband as well as her new beau's daughter resigned from the force yesterday, sources tell the Daily News. 36-year-old Valerie Cincinnati was a 12-year veteran of the NYPD when she was busted in 2019 in the sordid plot to kill her then-husband, Isaiah Carvalho. She was planning the killing with her boyfriend, John Daruba, who was turned off when Cincinnati suggested they also kill his teenage daughter. Daruba then went to the feds and Cincinnati was arrested. Cincinnati has been in Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center since her arrest and is set to plead guilty in her criminal case in April, according to a source. She was charged with murder for hire and obstruction of justice in the case. The first dogs are in the doghouse for now. The pet pooches of President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden were sent back to their home in Delaware after one of them bit a White House guard, according to reports. But White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki insisted that Major and Champ were only shipped off to the First Family's hometown because the First Lady was traveling for three days. Major and Champ are just adjusting to their new home, Psaki said. This morning on MSNBC's Morning Joe, they are beloved members of the family and, of course, the White House family, too. Saki wouldn't comment on reports that the two dogs were sent to Wilmington, Delaware, after Major was found guilty of aggressive behavior and a biting incident. The three-year-old German Shepherd made history as the first rescue dog to ever live in the White House. Major is the same dog who sprained Biden's foot during a bout of horseplay during the presidential transition. This is Bob's World. 
I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. They've been married for 19 years, have four beautiful kids. I gained 65 pounds with my first daughter. Through TOPS, I have lost 78 pounds. TOPS gives you all the tools and the support is huge. Without TOPS, I'd probably be 300 pounds. TOPS is not something that I'm willing to give up. If you want to come and sit through a meeting, we'll help you out. You can do it. TOPS can help. Visit a meeting free. Learn more at TOPS.org. That's T-O-P-S dot O-R-G. It is absolutely going to change your life. Welcome back to Bob's World on this Tuesday, March the 9th, the 68th day of 2021. There are 297 days left in the year. Former Senator James Buckley, conservative of New York, is 98 years old. Singer-musician John Cale of the Velvet Underground is 79. Mark Lindsay of Paul Revere and the Raiders is 79 as well. Former ABC anchorman Charles Gibson, 78. Country musician Jimmy Fadden of a Nitty Gritty Dirt Band is 73. Newscaster Faith Daniels, 74. Country musician Rusty Hendricks of Confederate Railroad, 61. Ben Folds 5 musician Robert Sledge is 53. And NHL defenseman Brent Burns is 36. On this day in 1841, the U.S. Supreme Court in United States versus the Amistad ruled 7-1 in favor of a group of illegally enslaved Africans who were captured off the U.S. coast after seizing control of a Spanish schooner, La Amistad. The judges ruled that the Africans should be set free. In 1945, during World War II, U.S. B-29 bombers began launching incendiary bomb attacks against Tokyo, resulting in an estimated 100,000 deaths. In 1954, CBS newsman Edward R. Morrow critically reviewed Wisconsin Senator Joseph R. McCarthy's anti-communism campaign on See It Now. 1959, Mattel's Barbie doll, created by Ruth Handler, made its public debut at the American International Toy Fair in New York. 1964, the U.S. Supreme Court in New York Times versus Sullivan raised the standard for public officials to prove they'd been libeled in their official capacity by news organizations. In 1976, a cable car in the Italian ski resort of Cavales fell some 700 feet to the ground when a supporting line snapped, killing 43 people. In 1987, Chrysler Corporation announced it had agreed to buy the financially ailing American Motors Corporation. You probably know that company best as having launched the Jeep. The Jeep brand still in existence under Chrysler's roof. In 1989, the Senate rejected President George H.W. Bush's nomination of John Tower to be Defense Secretary by a vote of 53 to 47. The next day, Bush tapped Wyoming Representative Dick Cheney, who went on to win unanimous Senate approval. 1990, Dr. Antonia Novello was sworn in as Surgeon General, becoming the first woman and the first Hispanic to hold the job. 
1997, gangsta rapper, the notorious B.I.G., known formally as Christopher Wallace, was killed in a still unsolved drive-by shooting in Los Angeles. He was 24. The year 2000, John McCain suspended his presidential campaign conceding the Republican nomination to George W. Bush. Bill Bradley ended his presidential bid on the Democratic side, conceding the Democratic nomination to Vice President Al Gore. And finally, finally, a Canada goose stole a show during a spring training game in Arizona when the bird refused to give up its position in center field. The Cactus League game between the Chicago Cubs and the Arizona Diamondbacks in Scottsdale Sunday saw Canada Goose take up position in center field and refuse to budge, causing distractions for both teams. The game went forward with the Goose standing on the field. The cameras recording the game captured the moment the Goose was involved in an altercation with a second Goose, leading to a meteor beak attack that left one of the birds with a mouthful of feathers. That would have been your highlight of the entire game. The money shot of the day, that. The heck what was going on with a ball game. Forget what the score was. Two geese get into a fight in center field. Can't make the stuff up. That's why we put it here. Now, at the start of this venture about two months ago, I stated that our goal was to be a place for you to tell your stories. So in tomorrow's edition... We'll have comedian Monique Latisse, who has performed at comedy clubs up and down the East Coast, and her story. Remember, if you want to give your two cents, that's what the Bob's World Feedback Hotline is for. 802-467-0212. That is 802-467-0212. And it's humming along 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's the hotline that never stops. However, Bob's world does come to a stop on this Tuesday, March the 9th. We'll do it again tomorrow. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening.